Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. <laughs> I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend and co-host, uh, he of lots of leather and face paint wearing, Griffey, come out to play. <laughs> Any show that starts with prop comedy, I assume, will be a best of. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, uh, co-host Carrot Top. <laughs> prop game solid. Uh, okay, Alex guys. This is, uh, can you count? Can you count, suckers? This is number three of the pod stuffing your stocking shows. Uh, this movie given to us by friend uh, and listener Jordan Kirkhoff. This is 1979's The Warriors. 1979? I think 1979. 1979, Walter Hill. All right. Now, this is an interesting one, Alex. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And my joke for the longest time is I referred to this film not as The Warriors, but as The Wussies. Because <laughs> for a movie called The, the Warriors, there's a, a lot more uh, track and a lot less wrestling, is how I always <laughs> looked at this movie. I mean, they just, they get chased the entire movie. Like, not like, <laughs> they must be warriors only in Coney Island because the rest of the movie, everyone's like, kill those fucks. I forgot because they actually beat more ass than I remembered yeah. in this movie. Uh, what we'll get into is that I think the asses they kick are questionable at best. <laughs> like, they're they're not taking out, like, you know, hardened street fighters. They're taking out guys that are in a Kiss cover band and dressed like six-year-old baseball players on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, Alex, it's been a while for me. I don't know uh, when the last time you had watched The Warriors was. Oh, man, uh, it's been a while. What is it about this movie that has made it a cult classic? Obviously, Jordan loves it. Uh, I've always enjoyed it. I think it's a fun flick, even yeah. with... That's the thing. If you can make a movie called The Warriors with so little fighting and it's still a fun flick, uh, I always think that's very impressive. What has left its mark on audiences with this film? Well, I think a couple of things. Because I, after I watched it again, I read a bunch. I read some other articles about it and everything. But there's a couple of things that I think stick out to me personally, which is one for being a movie that has just like such hyper realistic, uh, let's say like hyper realistic gang politics, so to speak, like. Apparently, the entire city is filled with just, like, fucking weird-looking people that aren't weirdos. They're just gangs. 60,000-plus gang members, I think, is what, uh, that's what the big Cyrus guy said, says. Cyrus, so, like, that's his name. So, to me, what it is is interesting. What's interesting is, for being such a hyper-realistic version of New York City and the gang culture of New York, it really does speak to, like, the grittiness of what 1970s New York City was. Like, obviously, I wasn't there. But I do know, and I've seen enough documentaries about how fucking terrible New York was in the 70s, or yeah. awesome, depending on your perspective, to know that, like, it My was brother would have intense. loved to live in the world of the Warriors. Oh, for sure. My brother, Skylar Griffey, is a man lost in time. If you could tell him you could just walk around in a fucking leather vest with no shirt and just, like, randomly fist fight and accost people, he would give all the money for that time machine. <laughs> the other thing that I think is interesting and something I didn't realize until I had read an article about this was the Warriors was one of the first movies about gang culture that did not come at it from a perspective of, oh, gangs are bad or like, oh, gangs are good. It literally just kind of left you neutral. And like the movie sort of has this like hyper realized, like everybody's got this one, like they're part of a certain set. And everything, though, just, like, melts away, though, by the time, like, the movie really sets off. It just sort of melts away, and it, what it really becomes is this movie about survival. And that's something we can all relate to. Yeah, I think one of the fun things for me re-watching it is the, uh, the, the social commentary that feels kind of baked into the design of this world. Right, right. right. You almost never see any New Yorkers that aren't the gangs. And then, uh, you know, the gangs have their own politics, like you said. But then because of that vibe, we also see when we see the cops, it turns them into just another rival gang. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So the the, the government now is being co-opted into just being a gang. Um, it's it's just something about movies from this era that I like. There's just kind of a grittiness to them. Yeah. 
uh, it's not cleaned up. It just it feels lived in. And I think this this movie kind of plays on that. There's almost a Pinocchio quality to the Warriors, right? Where it's you see these kids, and, and there's some some of the members. It's hard to tell how old they are, uh, what they're doing with their lives besides warrioring and running. Right. Um. So there's a bit of this, you know. Oh, we're kind of the bad kids, and we're lost on the islands, and you don't know if in the last shot they're just going to get turned into donkeys by that guy who never <laughs> right, takes off yeah. his aviators. Um. So yeah, there's there's kind of this, you know, lost in this play world of you know bad children. But then the couple moments where they bring in reality, right? Like there is something outside of this, uh, you know, gang kingdom. I I think that kind of, it illustrates uh, some of the extra built-in things that this movie's doing on the the sub-level, right? Because on its front, it is just, you know, like tough guy movies, like running around, let's go fucking fight our way back home. Right. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on, man. The, you know, there's not a, a lot of fighting. But there's a there's, there's a, a scene specifically towards the end of this movie that is like this amazing like, and we'll get to it, but this amazing like sub subtextual beat within the film that yeah. you don't expect, but it's yeah. this beautiful beautiful moment. Like I'll I want to talk about it later, but um, yeah, that's I know really, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that's really what makes this movie so wonderful. And so worthwhile. Right. Like, if you haven't seen it in a while, fucking turn this thing on, man. It's really incredible. I always forget, like, because you know you have like the like the stupid like the bottle thing and that kind of shit. But like this movie within the other beats of the story are so so good. Like, I right. totally forgot about some of the stuff, like the uh, the orphans gang shit. I love. Like right towards <laughs> the, the beginning. The poor orphans. <laughs> the orphans that nobody like. like the orphans are a gang nobody wants, which is even better. Let me, like, let me tell you this. I used to be a bouncer in college, right? And I worked at a bar where there were plenty of fights. I have seen that Lucy girl so many times. <laughs> and I've seen them turn men into that sad orphan so many times where it's just like, oh, God damn Because <laughs> there's just this unwritten rule like, are you going to let him talk to me that way? It's like, well, you were kind of talking that way first. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I've seen this play out so many times in the real world. But uh, okay, so let's let's jump in, right? So the movie starts out as really good music in this movie, yeah, really fun fucking music. This is one of those two. It, it I talked about this on the show. There's this vibrance in this movie, right? There, there's like a crackling energy at times. Sure. Um, the movie starts out, and we're just introduced to various gangs by showing them their outfits, right? There's this yeah. big tribunal that everyone's gonna meet up at. You bring nine guys and no weapons, right? That's our our setup to the story. And then we just see gangs walking through, right? We see these guys dressed like pimps. They're wearing, like, dockers and belts and purple hats. Uh, we see baseball kiss. Yep. We see a gang that looks like they're going for something, like, a mime but creepier. Yeah, there's a mime gang. There's also just <laughs> gangs that are just, oh, uh, you know what, guys? Black T-shirts, black leather. Let's yeah. just let's be, let's be cool, all right? Let's I'm going to put you on the spot. You are starting a street gang. What's your gang theme? What do you call yourselves? Wow. I really could not tell you. I'm going to go with, <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm going to go with the not-so-toughs. And, uh, <laughs> the not-so-toughs. You'll, like you'll have like a little roll of Charmin on your shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine we're probably you know, a step below the orphans where you know, people are like, oh, they're not even a gang. They're just a bunch of guys who hang out together. You're the, you're the not-so-toughs. You're the, you're the gang that like sits in Starbucks and enforces etiquette. <laughs> yeah, I, that's my gang. My gang is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You tip that fucking barista, sir. That's right. Throw it right in the tip jar. Hey, hey, are you writing a screenplay? Are you writing a screenplay? You really, get jar. out. Get out of here right now. Get out. This is for caffeine, not dreams, baby. <laughs> the not-so-toughs are here. The not-so-toughs are here to enforce. Oh, man. Cy- Cyrus would Cyrus would just love us. I think I would call my gang the snake pit. You'd have to have dreadlocks. Oh, boy. And we'd all get little nipple piercings that look like cobra fangs coming out at you. And then, yeah, everything. This is another rule of the snake pits, the gang that I'm starting. Every word you say that has an S in it, you have to exaggerate. <laughs> What's up? We're the snake pits. And then we would kind of go side pits. to side on the shoulders so that our scary snake nipples are kind of coming out. Right, right. That's good. I like that. You could get like a big Texas style fucking snake belt buckle. That's good. That'd be badass. I'd imagine you guys would be uh, secluded to Brooklyn mostly. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know what burrow. I just know when the shit this is, is the like, deepest. I, there's another thing that I love about, especially in the beginning of this movie too, is like the geography of New York is so fascinating in this movie because like after all this shit goes down, what's fat, what's what I love is there's a line. I can't remember who says it. There's a line where it might be cowboy where he's like, Coney Island's probably like fucking 50 to 100 miles from, from here. Like, where do you <laughs> like, think, I think you all are? Of New York's like six miles. Yeah, <laughs> New York is like a six mile island. Man. That's it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I, I, that's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. We're 50 to 100 miles from Coney Island. I'm like, relax, dude. You'll get your hot dogs in the morning. Just, just get through the movie, okay? I, uh, yeah, the amount that they're sprinting in this movie, they should have already been in Coney Island by like the middle of Act. <laughs> but yeah, so, but like, uh, okay, here it is. Manhattan Island is 22.7 square miles. Okay, so square miles. Coney yeah. Island is, let's see, Coney Island, I've, you know what's sad? I've been to New York so many times this year for work, and now I, like, I've never been to Coney Island, not once. Ever. Like, <laughs> You're this like, those is, are tough boys down there. Dandino doesn't mix with tough boys. The not-so-toughs don't go yeah. up against the Warriors, that's for sure. Yeah. We'll be sitting in our comfortable fucking 8,000 sh- 8, thread-count sheets watching Frasier reruns <laughs> in the not-so-toughs. That's, uh, that's, what, that's what the not-so-toughs do. We watch Frasier reruns. We yell at people in coffee shops. Yeah. Uh, the you thing- start blogs about things that are troubling from our past. <laughs> There's something you said, though, that is – um, the, the the crackling like energy at the beginning of that movie. Yeah. The movie, it all is based on how this whole thing cut, which is like we're on the train. Like I love that they spent. We spend the entire beginning of the movie. We see the other gangs. Everyone's getting on a train though, mm-hmm. because this is like if you you know if you're from New York, you know this. But like if you've never been to New York, like that's how people get around. It's the subway. There's literally no other. You could walk. It'll just take you for fucking ever. So everyone gets around by the subway. And what I love is the 70s subway scene in New York City is just fucking graffiti everywhere. Like, literally, yeah. there's no there's no inch of the subway car not covered in graffiti. The only people that can get around without subway are the not-so-toughs. You guys ride those vintage bicycles where the front wheel is really big and the back one is... No, no, no. We worked, out a, we worked out a deal with Lyft, so it's different. You know, we're <laughs> We don't own. We don't, don't own cars. I don't own a car. I don't know if you know this. The insurance won't cover us because they know we make things so tough. I like how this is. Ba- <laughs> I like how this is basically just turning in. My gang's basically just hipsters from Brooklyn. Like, yeah, it, we're we're just building your gang rather like, than talking about the millions. We're, we're not of talking about. The, we're not talking about this wonderful movie. We're talking about my terrible gang from Williamsburg. Like that's the idea really- of you running a gang is actually the only movie I want to see now. For the rest of my life. <laughs> You can even just make it a documentary about you starting like a group of street toughs. I would watch that like on that. repeat forever. I'd be like, goodbye, all my favorite films. <laughs> it's just me watching Dandino and Freezer reruns. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is this is uh, where the movie gets going, right? I love the scene of the tribunal. I don't know if it's called a tribunal. That's what I'm calling yeah. it. The big meeting. And we see Cyrus, and he gives this kind of great like sermon on the mound, right? Yeah. <laughs> where... And this is kind of an interesting way to start the movie, The Warriors, that's all about gangs. And I think this is what you talked about, right? Is it's this kind of non-judgmental thing. So we traveled through this New York, and and the thing that I, I get to with your train um, point that I like is the cutaways to the car in the city, they all feel very empty. They feel very run down, a bit dirty. Yeah. It, it feels just real and lived in, which obviously it is. It's a city. But you know, sometimes you're in New York City in a movie and it feels like, oh, that's like Hollywood, New York, whatever. Right, right, yeah, no, totally. This doesn't do that. So by the time you get to the tribunal, I think it's weird. Um, and it's a gang thing, right? They're like, oh, we're going to be out there exposed without our weapons. Because they right. do this series of terrible acting cutaways <laughs> where between every train shot, it's, hey, man, what if we're lost out there, buddy? And the guy's like, hey, boy, you listen to me and just sold you. It's like the worst acting cutaways ever. <laughs> and so they're kind of t- letting us know their fears, right? right? But when we get there, this is actually a meeting of optimism, right? Cyrus gets up in front of all these people and, I mean, in retrospect, literally making himself the easiest, biggest target in the True. whole place full of gangs. Yeah. Talking about how there's so many of them and that the world, and he, he gives us a little glimpse of the fact that there's another New York, right? That they are the unwanted, the unclean, the unwashed, that kind of shit. 
but that there's cops that they could take out. They have more cops, right? They're three times the size of the police force. Right. That they could come in and push out organized crime. Yeah, that's right? the thing that I really like. Like, the beginning plot of this movie is interesting because it's basically, I mean, really what it is is about consolidating power to the street. It's right. consolidating power back to the people, which is really fascinating and, like, Again, subtextually, this movie does a lot of interesting things, particularly with Cyrus's speech. What he's saying is like, we want to bring order through the chaos. We want to bring order from the chaos of the constant battles between these, like right. the mob and that kind of thing, and the cops. Like the gangs are the people. Like we should take care of our people. Well, that's what he says. He's like, we can run everything because we run the streets. And he's right. like, we spend all this time fighting over turf, and that's bullshit. And what I like is they cut away to the crowd. And again, it's kind of this Pinocchio like island of lost little troubled boys. And you see in their face that they're not used to hearing these kind of optimistic tones, right? Granted, Cyrus is constantly nagging them like, can you count, sucker? And it's like, no, I can't. I didn't have any school in Cyrus. Can so he's bringing them down. And then he, yeah, it's classic abusive husband stuff. Yeah. He fucking really? nags you down and then builds you back. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's a cool place to start, right? It's this. We've all become these gang because at the start, it you know when you see like the mime gang and shit, you're like, all right, this just looks like you know this is very cinematic, right? We're setting right. up these like visually interesting people that are gonna fight with you know whatever hockey sticks and whatever memorabilia, McDonald's menus, whatever the fuck they're fighting with, <laughs> and then it sets it up and he's like, we're like this because the world doesn't want us. And the right. New York we've seen and see throughout the movie is empty. They feel alone and unnoticed, unwanted. Right. Right. And so that message of optimism, I think, is fucking a really interesting choice to start your movie about gang warfare. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's what it is. Like, what's fascinating is it's a movie about gang warfare that starts with a guy literally trying to call the end of gangs and say, like, why don't we just fucking run this show without any yeah. like without any bullshit? And like, again, it's funny because all the everybody in gangs looks so young and Cyrus like really all of Cyrus and all the grammars he riffs look so much older than everybody else. They're almost their own. Well, like mob. the leadership when they cut to like the foot clan lineup, they yeah. a lot of those guys look like kids. But like all the people in charge are older. All older. But this movie though sets off so he's given his speech and they keep cutting away to everybody and then finally they get these this great cutaway of someone passing a gun around. And like the right. idea is, it's a truce. No one has any. No one's come strapped. No one's come with any weapons. And it's that fucking. What else is that guy in? I can never remember. Twin Peaks. Thank you. God, he was damn the it. crazy like brother-in-law yep. of the guy who runs the the big hotel. He's sort of like the poor man's Brad Dorif. Like he's like the perfect <laughs> guy who like almost. He's always the guy who's just he's creepy. Fucking great in this movie. He's awesome. So he is the leader of this other gang, the Rogues, and they um. He opens fire and shoots Cyrus dead, man. Did you know the guy who played Cyrus wouldn't do that stunt where he falls off the um, where he falls off the scaffolding? I wouldn't fucking do that stunt. That everything was th in that place looks like it had tetanus. <laughs> Walter Walter Hill did it. Walter, the director's the one who fell off the scaffolding. He did it because no one else would do like the stunt coordinator wouldn't do it or something like that. So Walter Hill was like, I'll just do it. He put on a wig and did it. Wait, if you're a stunt coordinator on a movie and you don't have a stunt guy who will do that, why do you have a job? Maybe the stunt coordinator did it. I don't remember. Didn't I remember they had mattresses back there. <laughs> I remember reading somebody did it instead of the guy who played Cyrus because the guy who played Cyrus wouldn't do it. Fearing personal injury. So, but. Neither here nor there. I, I find it hard to, like, be mad at guys for that. Because you're like, yeah, I mean, you've heard a lot of these horrors. David Patrick Kelly, that's the that's the actor. Yeah, okay, cool. Also from Twin Peaks. No, I think it's, it's – but that's the thing. This moment is kind of an expositional, like, they're going to set up the game. But in this moment, right, so him being an optimist, him being an older guy, like, he's lived through this gang warfare for a long time. He's come to an epiphany. And it, it right. also is the cool thing the movie does constantly where it's – they give us people that we kind of want to succeed and are rooting for, but we know they're still bad guys, right? Like, even right. if these guys win, they're still going out and just pirating the streets of New York. Like, they're still bad guys. Right. But it, it feels justified, right? Because the city's taken a shit on them and abandoned them. Right. But in that moment of optimism, to then see the very people he's trying to reach and these younger guys that he's going to save then blow his ass away. Right. It, it's a, 
it says a lot in that moment of, oh, god damn, dude. Someone finally was going to help you, and you're so fucking scorned. You're like, fuck this guy. Right. And that's the cool thing is the character. I forget his character name, right? Uh, but he says at the end, they even ask him point blank. Swan's like, why'd you shoot him? And he's like, I don't know. I like doing stuff like that. I just like, like doing stuff like that. <laughs> I was I like, like, that's I chaos. love that, though. Because I don't. I don't. Incarnate. No, but I love it because it's great because the whole idea of like, I knew if I shot him at precisely 11.15 a.m., uh, the Eastern <laughs> Banks would be opening just on time and the power vacuum left by the rich New Yorkers. We can take advantage of this. Right. Like, you know, don't church it up. Like, he's just a crazy little kid. And that's that's a cool thing that runs through, too, because that's what Lucy says in the subway. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. When essentially every character in the movie just calls Lucy a whore the whole time. Oh, the and entire And they never movie. do anything to seemingly make us like Lucy or root for her, but you are kind of like, Damn, guys, like, chill out. Yeah, <laughs> like, relax. Aren't there other burns that don't involve her being a whore? <laughs> but she says that, right, where she, that, that great moment where she's like, well, I see down the road, right? I see the four kids and the bad marriage and the cockroaches in the empty cupboards. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just living the rest of, this is the rest of the life I've got. And I was like, wow, that's such a fucking, and that's encapsulated in this uh, other gang that shoots Cyrus, right? Is th- This is just a world where, there are no happy endings for these kids or characters, right? So they're just fucking, you know, going for it. And a lot right. of them go to these gangs because they think this will be the thing that saves them. And he's just like, fuck it, man. I'm just trying to fuck shit up and, you know, leave a stain when I'm out of this world. <laughs> right? It, it's awesome. It's a great fucking moment. And then the cops descend and just start beating the fuck out of all the gang. What I love, too, you rarely see movies with this many extras anymore. Just like this big fucking melee that lasts yeah. a long time of people running around fighting whatever it was, I love that fucking. It's scene. great, but in, and it's also it, it's one of three times we see the warriors be tough right. when their leader who just has <laughs> the like washcloth rubber band to his head. Yeah, he actually is dealing out like some fucking. That's you know, pretty sweet. Awesome he has like some punches. nice karate, and then the Gramercy riffs, of course, overtake him. I. I think that's the thing I like the most is this movie starts so quickly and you know the game almost immediately because yeah. that happens. They get blamed for it, and then all it becomes is the Warriors trying to get back to Coney Island. Like, yeah, and then it turns into the Runners. <laughs> it does. Like they become. This is the yeah. thing you assume that a movie like the Warriors, right? You're like, oh, this will be essentially a raid redemption. We're gonna fight our way back to Coney, 100 miles to Coney Island, just fucking dealing out face kicks. That is not this movie at all. Nope. They are hiding and running the whole time, except for actually James. So James Remar plays Ajax, who's like supposed to be right. the heavy. He's like, this the is the prequel to Dexter's dad. That's how he knew about the darkness of man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's, I, I love that scene too, where they're, uh, they go to the, um, we go to the cemetery to yeah. like start talking and like swans giving out uh, orders. He's like, Whoa, who made you in charge? He's like, I'm war chief now. I'm like, yeah. What is with like the fucking terminology here? Like what's yeah. going on here? Did you guys just decide this? This is a very interesting world of hierarchy within the gangs. Yeah. It's like, I'm war chief now. He goes, well, I think I should be war chief. He's like, all right. Yeah. You was f-. like, he's like, show your stuff. Like, that's like the bed. And then they're like, let's not do this right now. I'm like, yeah, thank you. At least one guy's thinking it with his head. Like, we have a lot of running to do tonight. <laughs> we have at least a hundred miles to go before we get to, from Manhattan to Coney Island. Do you understand? I will say this though. We also have a penchant for finding these movies. This is one of the smelliest movies I've ever watched where from the time they get in the tribunal on, you're like. That tribunal must smell so bad. It is just a lot of like testosterone up guys. You know they're doing like pull-ups and shit on the subway. Right. It's obviously very warm outside. No one's wearing shirts. You never well, see deodorant crusties and arm hairs. I was like, that place must fucking stink. <laughs> you could open your window and tell where the warriors are where they're trying to locate him. This movie is full of people that smell Not bad. only that, like it smelled then, and then you get to like the scene where the orphans show up and you're like, oh, those kids just haven't bathed in years. Yeah, like, the orphans look very under hygiene. <laughs> that's orf- what they need. That's what they need to unite as a gang and have war on. Is yeah. hygiene. That's what the not so toughs are going to do. Bring they're going to bring hygiene to the to the they're bringing hygiene to the tribunal. <laughs> the not so toughs. And this is a tongue scraper. Everyone forgets the tongue scraper. <laughs> this is a beard comb. Like, Damn it, know, why just- are the not so toughs not in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't cool enough. <laughs> they're, they're a step but- below the orphans. <laughs> 
I will say this. I think Ajax is the most closeted gay character of all time. Oh, my God. How many times does he fucking try and call... Like, even during, like, the all, montage... His whole movie is afraid of people calling him a wimp and then calling other people fags. That's yeah. his entire character in the movie. That first... Like, the first time we hear him talk, he goes, Yeah, man, I can't wait to get to the city and just fuck bitches. And they're like, Man, we're not going there for that. <laughs> what are you going, fag? I'm like, dude, yeah. no one went there yet. Well, so it's like... We've all had guy friends, and the guy who's, like, always that amped, it's like, come on, we know you're a virgin. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> we get it, But, like, the scene to me when I'm like, oh, Ajax is definitely closeted. That's, like, his his character arc is when he meets – because this is the other thing. The entire Warriors, not only do they run and not fight a lot, but they're almost – every single one of them is almost undone by pussy at some point in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ajax is just walking through the park, and there's just some, uh, you know, lady sitting there at the park, and he's like – well, clearly, hey. this is how parks operate. Time to fuck. Hey. And he just, like, in this moment of, like, machismo, and it comes after they had just beaten up Baseball Kiss, right? Yeah, yeah. In the first fight in the movie that takes place pretty deep into the movie, right? <laughs> so now we're like, oh, shit, it's time for more warriors. Now we're going to fight. Now it's time. Uh, he just sees this park girl, and he's like, park pussy. Can't. Got yep. to. Because I think it's because he saw him and uh, Swan were both doing good in the fight. Yeah. And so he's like, how can I be extra manly? Right? Oh, I know. I'll go sexually assault this woman in front of my bros. But when he sits down, he looks wildly uncomfortable for the way that Ajax presents in this movie. Right. Right? Because it's all fucking tough guy, whatever. And his pickup line is, hey, are you all right? <laughs> and then he sits down and he's so kind of fumbling and whatever. There's no, like, false machismo. Until yeah. she's like, hey, do you want to play with me? You want to show me some stuff? And he's like, oh, fucking show you, lady. And then. And just, like, the most rookie move just goes straight to, like, titty cranks. Come on, and I'm guy. like, dude, you got to be gentle with the boobs. Yeah. Don't go to titty crank. And he's, like, trying to, like, nah, 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 bite her neck. You come in for and a just subtle like, kiss I like first. it rough, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like, I like it rough. And I was like, oh, no, this is a guy who has no idea what he's supposed to be doing with a woman. There's nothing wor- There's just nothing worse than getting busted by the mom from Big. I mean, that is just rough. Yeah, right? <laughs> like- That's why she was so strict on her son. She knew there were Ajaxes out there. <laughs> do you think Ajax is actually closeted gay or virgin? I guess he could be a virgin too. I always, I would make the assumption that he's probably closeted gay guy. I think he wants to fuck Swan bad. Oh yeah. There's that again, that whole thing where he's like, I'm war chief now. Like there is some serious sexual tension going on in that scene. There is something yeah. vicious. Serious S tension. Oh, I yeah. think this happens to any group. You get too many guys in one place. Then there's like too much muscles. Yeah. I think this is the inevitable out. Like, if Lord of the Flies was like a teenage wrestling team, that's just a fucking orgy island. Well, there's the one with the paint can who looks like a who looks like a woman. He is a he has a very feminine looking face. Like, yeah, I always but see, he, I like his character too because he plays into the yeah. the childish show. Like, he looks like a child. Yeah, and they just bring him along to be the spray painter. Well, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, again, all these characters are like named so aptly for who they are. Like. His character's name is Rembrandt. Like, I'm like, <laughs> we're really Rembrandt. Um, I didn't know this. They tried to call him Picasso. He's like, hey, I like realism. <laughs> I like realism. Into, like this long art major shit. <laughs> Yo, pointillism for me. No, that's that's the not so toughs. We have a Rembrandt, too. But he's <laughs> he's a little more, you know. You guys have a cube abstractionist. <laughs> yeah, we have a. He, he, like, he prefers to call himself Picasso. So, yeah. yeah. I, this movie, though, like the gangs that show up, like so they have that confrontation with the orphans, and then they almost get hit up by the Turnbull ACs, and then like the next big thing I think is the the Furies, the baseball guys. Yeah, they they meet the uh, the Kiss baseball team. Yep, and this is the first fight, and they are actually they're whipping ass, right? So they've got they're outmanned and have no bats, and they start just beating the shit out of this Kiss baseball team. Yeah, they are terrible. That is a terrible gang. Like they're the worst gang. Because that's the thing. They're probably spending all their time just fucking playing fantasy baseball and doing makeup and probably not a lot actually of, practicing Way fighting. too much time face painting. Way too much. <laughs> like, just... Also, imagine being, like, in a gang. And we're gonna... Hey, we gotta get churched up. We got a lot of gang stuff to do tonight. We got a lot of gang stuff to do tonight. Get on you're your makeup. You're just coming home with, like, blood and runny makeup, and you're like, I think I'm making mistakes in life. <laughs> Wait, what are my values? Like, that's really kind of like... <laughs> Where did I go wrong, Ma? <laughs> just kidding. I don't have a Ma. <laughs> but... So at some point they get split up and like basically uh, the three that are left because Cowboy, the kid with the fro, he gets run over by a train. Ajax gets Dude, busted. Dude, wait a sec. Yeah, we totally just passed this over. <laughs> 
Simon Gar or Garfunkel just gets fucking murdered by a train. Oh yeah, it's. Did you know I, this, this is, is another? Thing. Is Lucy? Did Lucy set him up? No, they this almost is, play it like Lucy sets him. up. This is something really interesting. I actually read about because the um, yeah, I just like reading these little things, and so that so actor, not so tough. That so actor and so Walter tough. Hill were not getting along, and they were shooting for like they got eight <laughs> days into the shoot, and the guy and him were like. He had apparently threatened to call like OSHA saying they were being worked overtime and not getting paid, so on and so forth. And so Walter Hill walked up to the stunt coordinator, apparently, and told the stunt coordinator, like, we need to find a scene to kill this guy in. He's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, the, like, well, can we just like maybe like he gets just busted by the cops? He goes, no, I don't want him anywhere near the rest of this movie. Kill him. So that's why he gets run over. On and the stunt coordinator comes up like, just because. Because that's, uh, what's her name? Saffron Burroughs and Deep Blue Sea, they did the same thing. Yeah. The test audience was like, man, she's a real bitch and we hate her. And they're like, cool, we'll keep LL alive and we'll fucking murder her. <laughs> right? We should do a whole series on actors that are killed. Actors should get killed because, because they were fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely a curation coming up. Um, but yeah, so yeah, cop, goes- I don't. This is the thing. We live in an era now where we're hypersensitive to police violence. Um. Do you think over under how many people, let's say 50, that police murdered by train in the 70s? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man, like this movie, I saw people like Ajax. when Aj- So Ajax gets hooked to that uh, park bench. The cop yeah. shows up and beats the, well, the fucking shit out of him with a nightstick. Yeah. Like beats the hell out of him, man. I've never. Well, it's weird that all the cops just run around with these gigantic fucking nightsticks. <laughs> <laughs> like. Not just like run around, but like severely beat people after they catch them. Like yeah. it's not like a knock them out and walk them into the car thing. They literally beat the hell out of them, and then they're. Who's like, the thing? We like Ajax because he's a fun character, right? He's obviously got this inner turmoil. Right. He's big, tough guy. He's good at fighting. But you're like he's trying to rape that lady. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, you like, really, like I don't, I don't really feel, feel that, that bad when the cops fucking take at him and just start beating his ass. There's also something we glossed over that's one of my all time favorite framing devices in a movie which is uh lynn thigpen as the radio voice oh dude that was great i love so she basically she's basically hooked in with the gramercy riffs and she essentially narrates the entire story it's so cool but, but like it starts is, it, off it's with a her. beautiful extra bit of world building right it's like it not is. only do it's we wonderful. know that these guys have a lingo and outfits and they go to the tribunal she gives these coded messages that let all the boppers know yeah uh, what's up? Like, so if someone fucks up, they call out, "Hey guys, tonight we're gonna try to beat the shit out of this game." <laughs> like, I thought that was awesome. I love like the continued, like also like her continued like play by play. She's like, "Looks like those, looks like those warriors got all the way through." You're like, "Damn, dude, I fucking love every and like they what never show her face." Just like, sorry, boys. <laughs> they never show her face. And, like Lynn Thingpin was one of those actresses who had like the most expressive mouth in movies. Like. Yeah. I remember, like the first time I ever saw her, was she was in, she was the chief in uh, fucking Carmen San Diego, the show during the when like it was my after school <laughs> show, and then like that one, and then she was also the uh, angry mom and lean on me. But she is one of the most expressive actresses ever. But I love how she literally says what's going on in code and then puts on a record. Like, I mean, fuck, dude, I, I that's just like brilliant framing. I love that. Well, it's, it's not, so much. It's fun. it's brilliant world building. It's an interesting way to convey information, and it always leads to an awesome musical cue. Yes, it's a brilliant addition. It's a, to the movie. It's a wonderful addition to the movie. It never yeah. goes wrong, for so, sure. Uh, th- but this is all happening at the point. So we have Garfunkel murdered by train, and then the most dangerous gang shows up, which we talked about earlier. The oh, pussy yeah. gang. That's not what anyone who has a vagina is wildly dangerous in this movie. <laughs> But you don't know they're a gang at first, even though like how not just stu- the the Lizzie's Lucy and uh, Park Pussy all hit at once. Also, this is, the pussy's kind of like the bad guys from Inspector Gadget, where there's just one Uber lady who's like running all. Every woman is working as a gang, like a giant gang. <laughs> also, on a night where like there's been serious gang violence, someone got killed, and you're running home. How stupid can you possibly be to see a group of women sitting in there and going? Man, that's definitely not probably not a gang. Like, come on, guys. Oh, like, dude, that's the most realistic thing in the movie. True. I agree. Guys like that would definitely stop to get laid. 
For sure. Right. <laughs> well, except for Rembrandt. Like, Rembrandt the whole time is like, guys, we need to get out of here. And they're like, nah, man, we're trying to get laid. Give me a second. Yeah. This leads to uh, – this is one of those things that Not So Toughs would blog about at Huffington Post. Of course. Something from past entertainment is a bit troubling in today's times. Um, so not only are they going there to just get laid and whatever, this leads to uh, – one of the most violent acts against a woman in a movie, which is so not only the lady pulls out a gun and some shooting starts, right? Uh, Rembrandt gets cut. So we have a woman just getting knocked out with a punch and you're like, eh, that's uncomfortable to see nowadays. But you know, she was trying to shoot him cut to uh, the guy with way too much accessory. Like he has more accessories than Mike Miller wore when he was on the Miami. Oh, you mean the, the um, guy with all the, um, like, like the Native the, American beads. Like all the Native American beads and turquoise yeah. and shit, yeah. They just cut to him picking up a chair and just smashing it on this woman. <laughs> just totally smashes her. Not like a WWE chair, like a wooden chair that just explodes as he bashes this lady right in the face. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is this is a hardcore world. Oh, yeah, man. They, they pulled no punches. I uh, <laughs> This yeah. is where Dan, Dan Dino's like, hey, Gary, get over here. The not-so-toughs need 800 words on troubling behavior and past entertainment. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is where the not-so-toughs show like, oh, my God. Get to Ikea. We need these new chairs. <laughs> that's that. That's what Chairs are a sign of the patriarchy. The not-so-tough hate them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, dude. Fuck the warriors. I want the, the not-so-toughs. <laughs> the not-so-toughs, for sure. I, uh... <laughs> yeah. So they all meet back up at the train. They all, they all find their way back to the train, except for, obviously, Ajax and Cowboy, who died by being hit by a train. Um, but this leads to my favorite scene in the movie. And it's really small, and it happens very, like, happens very in, it happens very quickly and shortly. But, basically, they all get on the train, and this is the train that's finally going to get them to Coney, which is great. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, cool. So, they're at least, like, on a train that can take them somewhere. And then right before the doors close, this like couple that like this like four people who'd like been out at Studio Fifty Four hop on the train too, and they're having yuppies. a great time. They're just fucking jamming, yuppies, just yucking it up. The not so toughs wouldn't be very happy with them because they were not being sensitive. But you know, <laughs> you'd be like, check your privilege, at check the your subway privilege, door. sir. <laughs> check it now. Check it at the subway door, friends. <laughs> so they sit down. Oh my god. I fucking adore it. <laughs> they sit down at a So they sit down uh opposite the Warriors and um fuck, what is that girl's name? Lucy. They sit down Lucy. opposite Lucy and, and Swan. And they're still having a grand old time and everything like that and then they look over at Lucy and they see Lucy. And Lucy's got like dirt all over her face. Her clothes yes. are fucked up. And then finally, like, down, they see, like, her shoes. But it's awesome because Lucy and Swan are just giving them that, like, Yeah, they're giving them, like, the like, fucking mean They won't break mug, eye like, contact. You fucking privileged assholes. Fucking mm. didn't check your privilege. And now you got to sit here with the Warriors. Like, Well, this is the fun thing, right? Is that scene, it's like, you, you feel like the Warriors are always looking at people like that. Yeah. But those people never actually take in they're not people like the Warriors. And I think that in and of itself is such a great, that scene right there is like a microcosm of 1970s New York. Like, oh my God, wait. The best moment in that scene, though. Do you remember it? So they're looking at Lucy. They look, the camera's panning all the way down. We see her heels, oh, her yeah. fucking feet are all mangled, whatever. She reaches up to adjust her oh, hair, yeah. not breaking eye contact, and Swan grabs her hand and pulls, pulls it back down gently. I love that. Never, lo- never fucking losing his laser vision on the yuppies. Swan just saying, fuck those people. Don't yeah. let them judge us. Don't try to change to be them. Fuck them. It was that little. Mo- it's one of those visual things, right? That little tiny moment tells you so much about the world beyond the gangs yeah. and Swan's mindset and where Lucy's coming from. I mean, it's just it, I am always like just fucking captivated when filmmakers find those little shots. to It's take. a microcosm of 1970s New York. It's. The elites who are... Fuck, we're still doing that today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's a generational thing. Like, it's the people who don't have to be confronted with that on a daily basis. Like, people who get on a train, get off a train, go to their very nice high-rise house, like, that kind of thing. And then you have the people who are just grinding and out. Like, that's the thing. But I love, you're right, though, that is the best moment is Swan's, like, do not change for these people. They don't deserve yeah. they don't deserve your respect. 
you deserve. But it's weird because they're like the only non-criminals we see no. in the movie, and you're just like, oh fuck those people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like the Isn't audience that an awesome immediately thing? says, "Fuck those people." <laughs> Isn't that an amazing thing in this movie? Is like, yeah, they could all the... be like good parents, you know? They could be like nurses and teachers, the and all we only know, non-criminals. Fuck like, you for fuck not them. being dirty. <laughs> fuck you for not being in the not so toughs. You're out. <laughs> I love I, I love that moment. I agree with you. I think that's my favorite moment from the film. Definitely my favorite uh, moment. We actually skipped over the second, or this is the only other fighting oh, we yeah, have in sorry, the movie, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, the roller skate gang. I got to say this. Maybe the most interesting character in the movie is the overall roller blader or roller <laughs> skater. <laughs> so they're in the subway, and just this guy who looks like, yeah, he's got overalls and like a little kid's baseball shirt on is just skating behind Swan, right? And it leads to this weird, like, the warriors are like, I know what we'll do. We'll go into a bathroom and lock ourselves in the stalls for an ambush attack that no one on earth could ever be surprised by, but somehow works. I got to say this, though, because I the first thing I wrote down was no one can ever look tough in roller skates. No. Like, it's just impossible. But then as the movie goes on, I'm like, wait, so he's staying there. He's got, like, an eight-foot-tall henchman, right? There's all these other big dudes in overalls and shit. And I'm like, so this little tiny guy... <laughs> Right? This little, he looks like a little, like, big. It's like he's like a little 12 year old boy in roller skates and his little, he stole his paws, overalls and shit. Right. That guy's the leader of the gang. That might actually be the scariest guy in this whole movie. Because <laughs> if that eight foot tall blonde guy's like, I want to be war chief. And we see him take, um, what was his name? Hector or whatever, the yeah. Latino guy. Mm-hmm. He just picks his ass up and launches him into the bathroom <laughs> yeah, yeah. here. So this, like, a huge, strong, like, fucking Viking looking guy. He bows down to little roller skate man. What kind of shit did that guy do to these gang members to bend them underfoot? <laughs> He's if the you sk- ever see a gang and there's a guy in roller skates, that's the guy you'd be afraid of. <laughs> yeah. He's like the white guy in a gang of black dudes. Like this is the thing that I constantly. What was that? Was that the Chappelle joke? That's the right? Chappelle joke. He's like, man, that white guy must have done something fucked up to get in with those black. Guys. Oh, that guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Chappelle jokes, and I always think that anytime I see something like that, I'm like, that guy's fucking nuts. That guy is yeah. the scariest motherfucker in here. Oh, dude, yeah. If you're a roller skate guy and you can bend everyone to your will, that's terrifying. But see, that's the other thing that made me sad is like that fight scene was really good. Yeah. That is just unadulterated fun action movie shit. I wanted more. That's the biggest problem I have with this movie is I wanted action. I wanted to meet more of the gangs and then fight them. Well, I like think they that's never fought the... the mimes. That's a big miss to me. They never fought the guys in the purple hats. Well, I think like, I want to see that. I think that's part of the movie, though. Like this is sort of the interesting thing to me about the Warriors is. The movie is about the movie is a chase movie for one. And I agree. Like, yeah. I wish there was more action. But like this movie fundamentally is a survivalist story. Like, that's yeah. really what it's about. And I love that you see all these you see all these gangs and there's gangs that like pose an inherent threat, obviously. Like, well, I mean, supposedly, like obviously the baseball furies who gives a <laughs> shit about those guys. But like the idea of running into more of them. As time goes by, I mean, they try to explain. I think they tried to explain it away at the beginning. Is like all the cops showed up at the fucking park, and they're like, "You're done." But right, I mean, I think that ultimately, not seeing like other gangs and dealing with the ones that we did is meant to say like this. It's meant to make the city seem bigger than it is. Like that's the yeah. thing that I think is really fascinating. Is Walter Hill does so much with like geography in this movie because it makes New York seem just fucking cavernous like it's terrifying yeah but i love that like that's what really makes yeah. this movie fascinating is the amount of space the amount of like space that feels claustrophobic because it's new york and there's graffiti everywhere and it's gross and dirty but at the same time like everything is so big like you yeah. have to make it there it's amazing yeah well i mean the ending of the movie actually kind of tells you the movie he wanted to make right like i think Guys like me, I want it to be this more traditional, like, fight them out, you know. You've seen that movie 800 times. That's Right, right. And this movie does enough to show you that these warriors are not to be fucked with, right? Like, they're obviously tough dudes. Right. Even though some of them look like they're, like, five feet tall and I was a little confused. Cowboy seems like he's probably a bit of a wuss. Anyways. (laughs) But this movie, right, the the ending kind of shows you what he's trying to do the whole time, which is... When Swan gets off that train, right, and he gives uh, Lucy the flowers, I just don't like seeing things go to waste. That's a really yeah. 
that's a window into what this character is going through. And then looking at Coney Island, instead of relief, I love this shot where they just show Coney Island. Again, it's like empty, kind of mist covered. And he's just, this is what we fucking fought all night. <laughs> oh, I know. I love to. that. And that's, this is where I think the movie is very interesting uh, compared to other movies like this. And from that time is if you just make them badasses the whole time, you're almost justifying their behavior and decision saying that these guys are meant to do this, right? right? They're so good at ganging that this is how it happens. And in the end, right? The like, even the, Hey, let's have a one-on-one fight, whatever. Right. And it ends with an awesome knife throw. I always love knife throws and, bo- it's, it's and, kind of and a very- bullet dodge. Bullet dodge, bullet knife dodge. Throw. That's right. <laughs> From about five feet. That's the, totally reasonable. The not so toughs could not pull that off. No. The only thing you guys throw is plastic into the recycling bin. <laughs> <laughs> but this is an because this is the thing that is an anticlimactic ending for this story, right? Right. But I think by making it that way and showing that most of the guys don't actually seem that tough and this and that at times. I think you're again highlighting that kind of lost children thing where it's these are these are people who are left behind who are posturing and doing this grandiose thing. We'll fight the world, but they're still so small and insignificant. Totally. Right? That even being as good of a gang as the warriors obviously are, they're still small and feel like nothing. Right. And I think that's the world the characters are actually trapped in. And that's kind of what the movie's saying. It's like, here are these people just fucking scratching it out, right? Because right. when this movie is over. Uh, the real New York wakes up and these people fade back into the background. Right. I think that's the thing I love the most. Like there's a, it's the tagline on the poster. Like these are the armies of the night. It's like, this is, that's their time. Like the night is their time. So as soon as the sun, yeah, they're out pretending up, they're like playing at grandeur. Right. I mean, and it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the God, dude, that scene at the, the scene when they get off the train and Swan says that is really one of those <laughs> things where it's like, Wow. Like, that's what they're, yeah, they're just grinding it out. They're eking it. And then, like, you know, he's like, I want to get out of here. And Lucy wants to travel. He's like, he's shitty to her the entire movie, by the way. But I like that. She's like, I like to travel. He's like, where have you been? Where have you well, nowhere. been? But I, I think I'd like it. And it's yeah. like, God damn, dude. That's the best. I was he's- like, I realized she started it. She was the stoop girl that started making chicken sounds and almost got them murdered. Right. But you brought her ass along. You brought her to fucking Coney also, Island think, and, you, and you give her shit think still. secretly... I think she might have been a fucking rat the whole movie. For who? She might be why Garfunkel splattered on the front of that train. Man, you really want to pin that on? Uh, you really want to pin well, that wait, on? Lucy. She's like, oh, I just stole this jacket. I was like, yeah, right. I was like, she went back to some fucking criminal lair. She's Lucy, fucking playing this from the start. Lucy spent the entire movie getting shit on everyone, telling her she's a whore. And you want to pin the the splatter on her? She's the Topher Grace of this movie. Predator reference. <laughs> Well done. He seems like the little innocuous, like, oh, everyone's mean to me. It's hard. Just kidding. I'm a serial killer. I'm the worst monster. Here's the real Here's the real scoop. <laughs> She's I actually, think Lucy's a fucking rat. Here's the real scoop. Lucy's in charge of the not-so-toughs. That's, that's the real. <laughs> oh, no. She's the real muscle behind the not-so-toughs. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I mean, Do you yeah. think these buttons get sewn back onto the Conigans themselves? <laughs> that last scene on the beach is just so... Again, it's one of those things where you're like, that's what this is. Like, it's just about controlling chaos. Like, between between the conversation that Swan and, um, what is it, David Patrick Kelly have? Like, that's like, where, again, he just admits, he's like, I just like doing stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's all this chaos. They survive to get back to shitty Coney Island. And again, I love the shot they use of Coney Island. Like, yeah. just as the dawn breaks and... Everything looks so dingy and terrible. And you're like, oh, fuck, dude. I can't believe I fucking fought all the way back here for this. And then... I mean, the bad guy, right? He's the prime example of my theory on that is as he gets hit with the knife and just collapses, he melts into such a little bitch at the end of this movie. There's no toughness. There's no, oh, fuck. He's not like a Rorschach, right? Like, oh, fucking take you all on. He's like whimpering like, no, 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 it was them, not me. Yeah, then it's He's like such the gr- a little bitch, and I'm like, obviously, I think everyone would be a bitch when you're looking at the riffs because you're like, oh, they look for real yeah. fucking tough, and they got a lot of dudes. The riffs look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1978, but like all like imagine like 20 
20 to 50 to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's. Like, oh, dude, and also it's really fun. Just like scan that crowd for what weapons they're using. You're like, oh, they're gonna fuck you up. They're gonna kill that guy. <laughs> but uh, Horn. So, but I like the idea that instead of being this kind of like tough guy to the end, this ferocious like I've always been the most dangerous, whatever. He's just this little puss. I and I think in a way that's kind of what they all are, right? I also love uh, I love when the riffs show up though, and they're like, "You warriors are tough," and then he like. When he puts his hand out to like show them the way out, he literally extends his hand and the whole group pushes back. I'm like, man, that's so fucking dope. The riffs have like military discipline. They are every awesome. time we see them, it is not crazy. There's no chaos. There's no fighting. No. And I think that's another funny thing, right? Is it lets you see like when they show up, the warriors are like, oh yeah, we are just we're we're boys playing at this man's game. Yeah. Like they know for sure that the riffs will just fuck you up. <laughs> It's it's just final takeaways. It's just such a wonderful movie, man. Like it's subtextually this awesome meditation on what New York in the 1970s was. And then on top of that, it's just like a great survivalist story. It's a great survivalist film. There's so much to grab and so much to dig into. Um, If you have if you have a friend who hasn't seen it, they have you have to get them to watch it like. It's one of those movies. It's an older movie too. Like, unless you have a friend who always is on roller skates, then get very far away from. Get them. away from them. <laughs> but like, you know, everyone in the not so toughs watches this movie every t- every year. We all gather around. And, when yeah. Netflix takes Frasier off for a month for licensing fees, you're like, damn it! I guess we'll watch the Warriors. I guess we'll watch the Warriors for a month. No, I. It's it's a wonderful movie, and I'm glad I'm glad Jordan suggested. It. I don't think we would have watched it otherwise for the show. I, uh, I love it. I love yeah, this is one of those I think I probably watched like pretty drunk some night when I was going to bed, and I was just like, "Oh, there's not a lot happening." But I I was captivated by just the great filmmaking choices this movie makes, and a lot of them are really small. And if you're you're in there just looking for the fucking fist to fly, right? You come in as like an Ajax minded audience member, you're gonna miss a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, um, I like it's kind of frozen in this time of. That gritty films that we got from that kind of, you know, into the 70s vibe. It has some of that rise of indie filmmaking feel. Yep. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like exceptionally well acted or this and that, but there's some really great performance moments. Uh, it's just crackling with energy. Great music. It's it's fucking fun movie, dude. It's a really fun movie. Yep. Check it out. All of you. Guys, that's it for the Warriors. Can you count, suckers? Number Can three. You- Dig it! <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Uh, that is number three uh, thing we've stuffed into your stocking. The pod will finish stuffing your stockings with The Brood. Woo. Coming up next, we will also be adding a special now playing uh, as The House That Jack Built just hit streaming. This is a Lars von Trier joint. Highly controversial film uh, that I am so fucking excited to put eyeballs on. Uh, so hopefully you guys will join us in that. You know, get some new topical flicks going on. Um, if you find us on a place where you can leave a rating and review a podcast directory that allows you to do that, please do that, guys. It helps us enormously. Uh, share the show on your socials, which is what the kids are calling it. I uh, have been corrected. Share the movie with friends, guys. Just keep talking about uh, movies with us, man. That's how we'll build it, and that's what we're looking to do in this new year. We got a lot of good stuff coming up for you. It's going to be a really, really fun year. I'm excited. Alchemist, come out and play. Yay, 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 yay. Dude, the way he says that is just fucking great. <laughs> oh, it's the, oh, it's the best. That's it, guys. We'll see you next time as uh, we make you little amorphous rage babies coming out of our <laughs> bosoms. You'll know what I'm talking about soon enough. Peace, motherfuckers. <laughs>